Hi, this is K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerva Podcast. And today I wanted to discuss Cannon Busters, which is an original anime series on Netflix created by LaShawn Thomas. Premiering in 2019, the series stars in an immortal renegade named Philly the Kid, who, along with his transforming pink Cadillac, join a relentlessly upbeat friendship droid on her quest to find a missing prince. I've heard about the show in passing here and there on Twitter, but no one I knew actually watched it. It wasn't until I started watching other anime series on Netflix that I realized not only was it available on that platform, but dubbed in English and only the first seasons was out, so I hadn't really missed anything. What first piqued my interest, similarly to the other anime I personally sought after, is that most of the characters are black. Their classes and alignments and pig skin skin pigments vary um, from character to character, which is also a nice touch. Uh, there was one character that had um, that was black with a bit of vitiligo, which I thought was interesting. Um, not that to to single out people who are uh, who live with uh, vitiligo, but I thought it was an um, interesting touch to the cast. Uh, there's nothing stereotypical or offensive, in my opinion, about the betrayal of black people on this show. They're just characters with their own beliefs and agendas, their own backstories, their own past flaws and whatnot. Uh, it's like one of those things where you see a cast that's all white or and or all men, and it's just that's that's the norm, that's the standard. Where when you see a cast that's diverse, whether it be race, creed. Um, ethnicity can be um, between the sexes even in this case with droids it's got to be uh, some type of hidden agenda behind it but it's really not it's just in in this world you know black people exist in, in other parts of the world or wherever you may be they're, they're there um, other than the characters betrayed as royalty and those who oppose the specific kingdom no one character race is above the other. Um, in this case, the droids are below humans in in this in this world. Um, they're like not second class citizens. I mean, like I, you have the uh, friendship droid who lived with the prince, who was like his second hand, like the the someone that was always not someone, but you know that that droid that was always with him but at the end of the day um that droid is not a person you know so i guess in a way they droids would be the second class citizens but there was some that kingdom didn't really treat them like that but they were disposable in a way not second class citizens the word would be uh disposable you know um everyone uh, other than the droids, um, they just all just seemed to want to survive. That's what it was. It was just all about survival and um, whatever that may mean to that particular character. As a South Bronx, New York City native, LaShawn Thomas is a television anime producer, director, and illustrator operating out of, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Megaro. Tokyo, Japan, I believe is how you pronounce that, um, the name of that, I guess that city or section of Japan. His most recent works are creator, executive producer, and director of Children of Ether on Crunchyroll, a global leader in SVOD, so it's S as in Sam, V as in Victor, O, D as in David, platforming focused on East Asian media. 
Past projects include creator, producer, and supervising director of Black Dynamite, the animated series on the Cartoon Network's Adult Swim programming block, storyboard and animation production artist on The Legend of Kara, book one animated TV series for Nickelodeon Animation, as well as director-slash-lead character designer for Aaron McGruder's Peabody Award-winning The Boondocks Animated TV Series Seasons 1 and 2 for Sony Pictures Television. While being interviewed by Ali Barter for Forbes, LaShawn Thomas recalled his journey with animation beginning with drawing comics as early as elementary school. His passion for visual arts was supported by his family since it kept him out of trouble and off the streets. Quote, Having friends in school that would also participate in drawing activities with me helped create a safe space for me to indulge in it further as I grew up. My passion in illustration led me to being hired as a designer in children's accessory design for a few years, then becoming a character designer and layout artist on web cartoon projects in the late 90s, to creating and directing my own short web series project, to, the, to then eventually working on TV animation productions such as MTV commercials and Disney's Lizzie McGuire show at the turn of the century. After 9-11, I had a brief three-year stint in independent comic books as a sequential artist before eventually jumping into, let's just say jumping back into TV animation production full-time with the Boondocks animated series. Cannon Busters originally started as a comic book project shortly before Thomas started working on the first season of the Boondocks. Unbeknownst to him and possibly everyone working on the Boondocks, how could they know, actually? <laughs> uh, the show became a hit with the viewers and critics. Thomas's intention for Cannon Busters to be m- a monthly book suddenly took a backseat to his two prominent jobs at um, for the Boondocks as a supervising character design and co-director. Seven years had passed and Thomas' occupation as a comic book illustrator simply didn't align with his ever-growing credentials, reputation, and experience. Quote, The goal was always to make it an animated project or a JRPG-inspired game, so when the opportunity came for me to use my newfound resources to produce and direct an animated short for it while living in Korea, I did having spent my own money to finance the showpiece. Crowdfunding became a thing around the time and when I had wrapped up my duties as creative producer slash supervising director on Black Dynamite animated series for Adult Swim in 2014, I used the trailer I made in Korea to create a Kickstarter video. Three years later and a finished pilot later, uh, here we are. In the same article, Thomas made a other good points about the creative process animation versus what it, it what it actually what um I should say what is actually taught in school and what the domestic market is accepting and what the international slash cross cultural market is offering. One point he made was that quote our school systems are designed for employees, not autors, end quote. That line uh made me pause the reading for a second like other entrepreneurs and creatives had mentioned this notion multiple times and it seems like this generation of workers and soon-to-be workers are finally getting the point or you know they're finally catching the hint uh he also mentioned 
from his time engaging with students and those who seek him out for advice that most of the professors who teach animation or in my opinion teaching in general that are either um they're either the old school older generation of teachers who are disconnected from the current market in culture or graduate students who couldn't find work so they started teaching instead quote creating uh by doing this they quote created a insular dynamic of misinformation to misinform kids being pushed into the workforce with degrees and low loan debt nipping at their heels end quote although this has nothing to do with the show i just liked that part of the interview i'm not trying to put any words in Lashawn thomas's mouth or twist them into my own narrative he gives other pointers as well on the creative process for those who work in animation or in designing in general in this article i highly recommend reading it if art is a subject you're interested in other than Philly the Kid's wild spiky hair and the mostly black cast uh, that interested me, or that I guess you could say that catches a lot of other people's eyes um, immediately about this show, is the music. Spe- specifically, I should say, uh, the opening and closing theme songs, Showdown, performed by Marty Grimes, and I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, and I... Uh, I don't want to sit here and butcher it, so I'm just going to spell it. So it's B as in boy, J-R-N-C-K. She took all the vowels out, it looks like. Um, but yeah, that's her, that's it's a, it's a woman who also sings along with Marty in the opening sequence of, um, or the opening song of Showdown. And the song Regardless by Mansa Imani, which is, pro- which is my favorite out of the two of them. Uh, Showdown is upbeat. And rhythmic, rhythmically matches the pace of the opening action sequence, while regardless slows it down with a lo-fi beat and smooth lyrics. Um, as the end credits play, uh, the viewer wouldn't dare just skip past to hear the um, to hear the two-minute song. It's just like with um, Carol on Tuesday, which it reminded me of. Um, you're just not going to skip past the song. You want to hear the opening sequence. You want to hear uh, what they play at the uh, at the end, at the end credits. I've read other reviews of Cannon Busters where the critics um, really don't see anything special about the show other than the predominantly black cast or the black creator, but they all agreed on the music. Again, it reminds me of Carol on Tuesday, Carol on Tuesday at least musically. Um, in my opinion about Carol on Tuesday... Which I have two other reviews. I have season one and season two review. It is currently up. You can go ahead and go listen to that right after you listen to this. Uh, in my opinion, Carol and Tuesday conveyed a deeper message about your ties to your uh, chosen family are stronger than your biological family. Uh, about community and solidarity than just two young women playing music together. But the music is what catches your attention and keeps you until the very end. I don't want Cannon Busters to be littered with songs, and I don't suspect a soundtrack in the future, although that would be a lovely surprise. Uh, but I think Showdown and Regardless fit perfectly with this show. All in all, I'm looking forward to the next season. So far, my favorite episodes are Unfettered, Turnbuckle, Ex Machina, Lullaby of the Stars, and Innocence, Part- Innocence Lost Part 1 and 2. Those episodes provided the audience with another piece of the puzzle towards the bigger picture for Philly, Sam, and Casey. Their uh, backgrounds, agendas, 
personalities, flaws, and even insecurities. From what I can tell so far, the show will be big on the highs and lows, positives and negatives of friendship, survival, and even forgiveness. I'd like to also mention LaShawn Thomas' obvious odes to Cowboy Bebop. He said one of his biggest influences in anime is Cowboy Bebop and Senichiro Watanabe. I feel like that show and its creator defined the generation. You can find his influence in nearly every anime since Cowboy Bebop, Space Dandy, and even uh, Samurai Champloo. The one reference to Bebop I, I instantly noticed was towards the end of the season. I'm not sure which episode it was. But Philly smokes a cigarette and then places his hands in his back pockets as he walks away from Sam and Casey. I had to pause the show so I can make sure I saw what I saw. It's almost like the animators copied and pasted Spike into this episode, changed his skin color, and removed his jacket. I, I guess the more viewer were to were to rewatch the show, um, Cannon Busters, I should say, and intentionally seek out the references there they could find hundreds more of them in probably every episode um i'm expecting another season at least by the end of this year this year uh fingers crossed but i would recommend the show to anyone who's interested in anime but it may seem a bit intimidating for a first-time viewer um the episodes are only 20 minutes they're fast-paced with just enough information to carry you on to the next episode if you're looking to kill a weekend or even a day, this is a good show to watch. So there you have it. That's my review of the original Netflix anime series by LaShawn Thomas. That is called Cannon Busters. Again, thank you for listening. This has been K.S. Garner. And you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you.